Hi friend, do you ever need to create marketing materials easily? Whether you need to make flyers or artwork for your blog, your podcast, or any number of different things, check out Canva. Go to findyourflow.com forward slash Canva. That's C-A-N-V-A. I've been using the free version of Canva for many, many years, and I recently upgraded to the pro version, and it's awesome. So go to findyourflow.com forward slash Canva to learn more. And now, on with the show. Hello and welcome to the Find Your Flow radio show podcast. I am your host, Winston Wittis, and I am here today with a very special topic. Today's topic is multitasking. Is it possible? Is it real? Is it something that actually works or is it something that we just pretend works or that we fool ourselves into believing works? Well, it depends on who you ask, really. Most of us would agree that we multitask on a daily level, but some people would say, no, you're not really multitasking or you're not doing a very good job at it. So I'm going to throw in my two cents. So here it goes. Yes, multitasking is real. It can be effective or it can be totally ineffective. It can be efficient or it can be totally inefficient. It depends on a few variables. And so I want to share with you how the find your flow process ties into multitasking. And by giving you some ideas around this, maybe you will determine that you already are a multitasking expert. Maybe you already know you are, and that's great. And you're trying to maybe other people tell you multitasking doesn't work or it's not real and you know it is and that's great so here we go alright let's jump into it so multitasking what is the definition I do not have a dictionary with me so I'm gonna make one up that we can kind of probably all generally agree on which is doing more than one thing at a time right maybe uh, maybe you're driving and you're recording a podcast at the same time Sounds kind of crazy. Who in their right mind would do something like that? Oh wait, I'm doing that right now. Multitasking. Boom! That just happened. You just witnessed multitasking in action. Now, let's break this down a little bit. Why is this really multitasking? Yeah, right now I'm pumping the brakes, sitting in traffic, which doesn't take a whole lot of skill, but it does take tremendous patience because it's hot as heck outside winter supposedly or fall and uh yeah fall but it's like 98 degrees 82 degrees to be exact okay 82 i was a little um yeah a little exaggerating but it feels like 98 degrees it was 98 degrees last night when i got home it's crazy hot but anyway that's beside the point so i'm driving and i am talking about things I'm talking about doing more than one thing at once while I'm doing more thing than once. That's got to count for some extra credit multitasking. That's like exponential multitasking. And if you're listening to this while you're doing something else like running or eating or heck, even breathing, right? You're doing more than one thing at once too. That's pretty awesome. We're multitasking together. Isn't this a great world we live in? Okay. So multitasking, so how did, when does it work? When I have certain things that are being controlled by my subconscious mind, by my unconscious mind, it is driving for me. For the most part, I don't have to think too much about the driving. It's pretty much on autopilot. If somebody does some crazy thing in 
on the roads here, then I may have to snap out of autopilot with the quickness and handle it, like dodge them or brake or something. Like this guy on my right who thinks he's just gonna magically, I don't know what he thinks he's gonna do. But those people, see that was me thinking about something because the, the part of my mind kicked in that said, oh, you better like pay attention for a moment here. There's potential danger on the horizon. So that requires some more processing, brain processing power. But for the most part, it's on autopilot and I can be thinking about what I'm saying. So that's where my CPU, if you will, of my processing mind is spending its energy. Not on the auto part because that part's pretty well covered because I have muscle memory, I have experience, I have practice, I've done it to the extent that I'm able to do it pretty much automatically. I could speak mindlessly and mindfully even without engaging my conscious mind. If I were in a trance of sorts and I were, or maybe on a rant, right, where it's just going from patterns or from things that, um, that I'm able to say, if I get into a mental flow, or a speaking flow and it's just coming out and I'm not even aware of it at that point. Maybe I've practiced a speech to the extent that it comes out even without thinking. And we have we all have patterns like that with our speaking. We we have reactive patterns. When somebody does X, we do Y. When somebody does this, we do that. Those we to some extent we all have. And some of those serve us and some of those don't. And if we're able to say, hey, this one doesn't serve me, now I'm going to be aware of it, and instead of going on autopilot when that situation occurs, I'm going to jump in. My mind is going to say, hey, wait, danger, danger. Do something else. Make a different choice. Say something else. That is the difference between autopilot and, let's call it, active pilot, for lack of a better phrase or term. I'm sure there's a better one, but that's all that I can think of right now. So we've got the autopilot going, and then we've got part of the, the brain processing going to the active pilot. It's figuring out what am I saying to you? What am I speaking about? Am I on topic or have I drifted because I'm not really paying attention? Fortunately, I am paying attention right now, so I'm still on topic. But let's say I, I threw something else into the mix. Let's say I've got more, I want to do more multitasking. Let's say I have an incoming call, and I decide I'm going to take that call. Yes, I'm podcasting. Yes, I'm driving. But you know what? It's just one more thing. I can do it. I'm a multitasking pro. So I take the call, and it's one of my friends, and you know this friend, let's say, likes to talk a lot. And maybe they don't even, maybe when they're talking, they're on autopilot most of the time. So they're just so used to talking that they just go on autopilot and tell the same stories over and over. They say stuff, but they're not really saying anything. You know what I mean? And I know this about them. And maybe maybe after a moment, I kind of <laughs> take that processing power back from that conversation back to the podcast. And, I, and I'm, uh-huh. Yeah, oh. Uh-huh. <laughs> Good one. Yep. Mm-hmm. Right? We've all done it. Oh, you didn't do it? You've never done that? Right. Right. But 
you know what I'm saying, right? Sometimes, sometimes we, you know, the TV's on and there's some funny thing and or the kids are running around or whatever, and some of that auto, some of the active pilot, some of the active processing gets taken by the task or the thing that's more interesting. Maybe I'm driving and all of a sudden there's something I need to be aware of again, and so then boom, my processing power goes over there. Meanwhile, the podcasting's still rolling. But it's not as good maybe at that point because maybe, you know, I'm distracted. And you would probably be able to hear that, right? If I'm distracted, you'd be like, what's he doing? He's, he's just, he forgot that he's podcasting right now. He's driving. Well, or he's talking on the phone <laughs> while he's podcasting. That's kind of rude. I wouldn't be a very good podcast most likely, but maybe it would be. Maybe it'd be super entertaining. I'm not really going to try it, to be honest. But I, so this is... This is the kind of the balance, right? We only have so much processing power. And so when somebody says, give me your undivided, I want your undivided attention. What does that mean? Undivided. Okay, so they want all of the attention. They don't want us to be multitasking. They don't want us to be answering the phone and chewing gum and talking and podcasting at the same time. We want our undivided attention. Well, most of us, the thing with, here's the thing with multitasking. So what are the, what are the potential dangers of multitasking? For one, if you're doing something that really does require your full attention, that could potentially be dangerous at that point if you're trying to do too many things at once. So I'll give you some examples of that. So I remember, I don't know why this childhood memory popped up, but it's, it was like one of my earliest Nah, it's not a good one, actually. It's trying to do too many things at once, which I guess is multitasking too much. Okay, yeah, I guess it works. All right, so once upon a time ago, I was a little kid, and I went to my Oma's house. That's German for grandma. And she gave my sister and I these really cool mugs. They were Looney Tunes mugs, and I got a Sylvester the Cat mug, and I thought it was the coolest mug I'd ever seen. I was so excited, so happy, and we got home, and you know we had all this stuff in the car that we had to carry in. And I knew, even at this young age, that I didn't have enough hands to grab all the things. But I also was stubborn as I am now in the sense that I was going to still do it anyway and make it work somehow. <laughs> Life lessons. So I, you know, was carrying all these things. And once you know it, I got to the front door and I dropped the mug and it broke and I cried and I cried because you know because it broke and I felt a sense of loss for something that I really really cared about and I cried because I knew that it was my own fault and that it could have been avoided if I wasn't trying to do so many things at once so have I learned from that lesson probably not kinda I mean, I'm here talking about it today, so 30-something years later, it still is in my mind as a life lesson. So that's pretty significant, I guess. And there's other opportunities. So if, if uh, you and I were having a deep conversation about life, and then one of us says, Hey, while you're doing that, don't worry. I'm just going to be typing up this paper I have to do. Well... That's multitasking, right? 
and you could, and then maybe, you know, maybe it's not you, maybe it's some, some other person besides one of us, because we're, we're both in the moment, we're both focused, but then we've got this other friend, and they mean well, but they're typing up the paper, and kind of talking to us, and, uh-huh, yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh, good one, and we know that they're not really part of the conversation, we know they're kind of sort of there, and like, if we said their name, boom, that active mind would jump right over into the conversation. That's one of those triggers, right? Oh, my name? What? What are you guys saying? But if we didn't, I used to play this game. My wife and I, <laughs> my wife and I used to play this game. Actually, I was mostly the one that played it, but then when she caught on, she would do it sometimes too. So, because she used to do that to me all the time and it drove me insane. I would be telling her something and she would just like space out or you know all of a sudden she's thinking about her something else and so I would be telling the story and I'd just kind of keep it monotone or not too much interaction with her like I never you know ask her any questions or anything and I just kind of keep trucking along and talk about that cat that's jumping out of the building on fire and, and you know if she didn't jump in and say anything or act like she really noticed I'd kind of Take it a bit further about the cat that, you know, just kind of started eating people. It was amazing, you know. You never know when a cat could just go on a rampage and just start eating people like sardines. And if the people were sardines, how would they be being that's not unlike they already are today? And if they weren't already like that, then how much more of them could you pack into a can of sardines? And I would just start spouting nonsense. But because I didn't change the tone too much or the pace... She wouldn't, <laughs> she wouldn't catch on for a while, you know. She just, <laughs> just kind of in that lull of a, like <laughs> lull her into a trance, you know, and um, and then she'd catch on, you know. Eventually, something would like catch catch the active mind, and the active mind would be like, wait, 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 what's this about a cat eating human sardines? And you know, then we'd start laughing. So then she became a little more aware of it. So then her mind became more tuned to when I was kind of playing this game and she would switch back over quicker from being kind of spaced out and not fully with her attention on me to boom being in the conversation what's he saying what's this nonsense he's spouting so that's kind of a fun game try it with your friends try it with your loved one they'll love you for it they'll totally appreciate that you recognize when they're not fully paying attention to you and the it works great for your relationship. Take it from me. You know. um, but it's, it's actually really hilarious to do. So, so there's that little game. So multitasking. All right. We've talked about it a little bit. Um, we're going to keep this episode somewhat short. But uh, last couple of thoughts around, around multitasking. Because this is, the, this is where it ties in with the flow. And I promised, I didn't promise anything, but I did kind of state bluntly that it did I? I don't remember. I think I'm pretty sure I mentioned that this has something to do with flow at some point during my ramblings. Here we go. How does this do anything with flow? What's the flow element? So flow, getting into a flow state is all about that balance between the active mind and the subconscious mind, or what we call the conscious mind, the unconscious mind, or subconscious mind. So it's kind of being able to balance. If the if you're completely in the unconscious mind, you're asleep or you're in a deep, deep trance and, you know, your motor fun or your, um, uh, your heart, your lungs, all those automatic things that are taken care of by the subconscious mind are still going, 
but the conscious mind is so deep in meditation or in sleep or in somewhere else you're not really aware of your physical presence okay versus being fully aware fully conscious fully present of your physical presence of your your beingness within your physical body within a certain time space within a certain environment those are kind of the two different ends of the spectrum then in the middle somewhere is kind of the flow state pretty much right in the middle so if you are doing a task such as driving and you are just going along maybe you're listening to music maybe you're not music could be another thing you could say oh I'm multitasking I'm listening to music and I'm driving and some people would be like no that doesn't count but other people would recognize yeah that's doing multiple things your body is your physically driving the car you got to step on pedals you got to move the steering wheel you got to use your turn signals right there's my little public service announcement friends right we use our turn signals when we can and um, and then you've got the music going on now if it's if you're not actively listening to the music it's just playing it's still affecting you at some level that's another conversation but we've got the music playing. Now, if you're actively listening to the music, you're listening to the words, you're listening to the harmony, you're listening to the chord changes or to the content of the words, and maybe you're singing along. Now, you could be singing along actively, aware of it, or you could just be doing it also in a trance. There's varying degrees of, of all these things, and that's that's where this gets interesting, right? Because I could be singing along and not even really notice I'm singing along until I get some weird look from somebody in the car next door like look at that guy He's singing along to some really embarrassing song and it'd be like oh shoot and then I'd snap out of it right but if I'm fully aware and I'm giving my all-star performance then that would be my my active mind my conscious mind would be fully engaged with it at that point but if I want to go into a trance state or into a flow state around let's say the singing part well it's not going to happen if I don't know the words or if I don't know the melody if I don't know what I'm trying to sing along with because if it's a new song I've never heard it's going to take it's going to take practice right it's going to take repetition it's going to take me knowing what the words are knowing what the melody is becoming familiar so there's this curve a learning curve of getting familiar with the music, practicing it, singing along multiple times before it becomes automatic. That's the the learning portion, right? So here's the interesting thing with learning. So if I'm trying to learn a song and and you know, in my lifetime I've had to learn hundreds, if not thousands of songs as a musician and as a music major. And part of being a music major was learning songs every week that we had to perform every week on instruments that some of us weren't very good at. Piano at the time was not one of my strong instruments. It's still not a strong instrument for me, but I've definitely I could get strong I could get strong on my instruments relatively quickly because I know how to learn quickly because I know this method and just you know the methods of learning. That's kind of the beauty of one of the big beauties and one of the big things that I want to share with you about flow is using it to learn a skill quickly. So if I'm listening to a song for the first time, I've never heard it, I, m me personally, I have a system for being able to learn, learn songs 
quick or quick quicker than probably the average bear because I have music theory knowledge I have systems in, in my head that allow me to systematize that that learning right maybe you have that maybe you don't maybe you have your own methods and some people do but they probably at some point consciously practiced those methods they pro probably were taught those methods or put in time and energy and effort to develop those systems and those, that understanding. So there was a conscious thought at some point, most likely. I, I would say in all cases, and unless they're, um, you know, savant. It, so um, that would be the learning curve, right? So how do you go from that, where it's a totally conscious, totally active mental practice and takes a lot of mental energy to the point where it's totally automatic. If you've ever seen somebody play the piano or play an instrument or sing and it's totally effortless and they're doing it even without thinking and it sounds beautiful and it's amazing and oh my gosh, they're a genius. What's the difference? How did they get from, from being the totally, oh, this is hard and practice and effort and this to totally effortless? Repetition, right? Having a good practice system and one of the most important things is in learning something new is the tempo, the speed at which we learn it. So each of us has a different tempo that we learn different things at. So for example, maybe you're really good at, uh, let's say you're really good at knitting, okay? I know, sorry. So you're good at knitting, and maybe you are good at knitting, I shouldn't say sorry, maybe you're absolutely the best knitter around. So you're really good at knitting. I am not that good at knitting, I actually have never done it. So for me, if I want, if we were both going to do like a quilt, then for you, you'd probably get it to flow really quick. You'd pick up the tools, and you'd get to it, and before you know it, boom, you're in a flow state knitting, you could be having a conversation, you could be watching your shows, and the knitting would just be happening automatically and you'd, you'd be in a flow state right away most likely because it's so easy and automatic because you've done it for so long it's just a natural extension of your being at that point and for me it would be a total learning experience because I'd have to learn how to hold the things right and the yarn and you know put it on the thing right and then like poke the things around and tie knots and stuff and I'd have to figure out how to do all that. And I'd probably have to read it about it or watch a YouTube video about it. So I'd have to, there'd be an, a learning process and it would take mental energy. I'd have to focus on it. And let's say there's like one knot, one kind of knot, and you just do that same knot over and over. Well, if I try to hurry up and do it quick because I'm trying to catch up to you, and I mess up, oh, now I got to untie it. So I got to go back. Okay, and then I tried to do it again, and I wasn't fully like paying attention, or I didn't really do it. Uh, maybe I tied that one too tight, so now I gotta undo the things and, and redo it. So there's all these breaks in the process of me learning it. And that's part of the learning process, is messing up, having to undo and redo, right? But if I was a little more aware, and I noticed, okay, it's just the same knot, and I can't, you know, I don't wanna over-tighten it, I don't wanna under-tighten it, there's like a balance here. And if I'm sensitive to that from the beginning and I'm sensitive to my skill level with it, 
I could actually learn it faster because the part that is the part, the part that's going to give me the results is this knot tying, let's say, right? Everything else, the setup is, you know, it's its own part. There's, that takes time, that takes energy, but that's not the activity itself yet, right? I mean, that's part of it, but the, the part that's going to give me the repetition, the part that's going to build it out is this tying of the knot. And if I do it quick or if I try to rush it, I'm going to mess up. Oh, dang it. Got to start over. Oh, boom. Messed up again. Oh, over tightened, under tightened. Got to go back, fix it. So I'm not getting into a flow. There's no rhythm. There's no tempo there. But if I'm able to recognize, okay, this is the move. This is the one move that I need to master to be able to do this. And I give myself enough time to get it right. And then, okay, that one's pretty good. And go on to the next one. And I'm still doing it nice and slow and easy. And then I get that one. And then, okay, go on to the next one. And I'm still keeping it slow. I'm just getting that muscle memory going. I'm getting, just keeping it nice and nice, even pace for my skill level. Now, you're going like three times as fast because you've been doing this forever and you're just kicking butt. And, you're, and you can do it with your eyes closed, literally. You can do it with your eyes closed. You can do it while reciting the alphabet backwards because it's on autopilot. It doesn't take any muscle memory. Now, I'm still working at it, but now I've been doing it for, let's say, a half hour, and I'm got, I've gotten a little better. I've gotten some confidence. I've gotten a whole bunch of knots in a row that are all perfect and beautiful, and now I can speed it up a little bit. And I'm still in the flow. I'm on the, now, if I go too fast, I have to think about it, and maybe I stress myself out. The mind kicks in. I start messing up. If I go too slow, maybe I kind of forget what I'm doing. I space out, and like before I know it, I haven't tied a knot in five minutes. So the level of balance between my skill level and the speed, the rate at which I am doing this thing has to be perfectly aligned or just, you know, there's a slight margin of error kind of either way, too slow, too fast, and that's the balance, that's the flow state is balancing that. The balance between my skill level and the tempo at which I take it. So that's the flow. That's how it moves from the unconscious mind. That's a relationship, I should say, between the unconscious mind and its activities and the conscious mind and its activities or the active mind and then the balance in between. And as you are good at some things and moving them into the unconscious mind's realm where it can handle things for you, then you can do other things with your conscious mind and then you have multiple things going on so you are multitasking so certain things of course are going to work better together than other things and I'll leave that for you to determine what those things are but I hope that kind of gives you some insight as to now obviously I'm not a multitasker like certified guy giving professional multitasking advice here this is but I am a professional flower. That is what that is what I do. I flow and do it in all these different ways. And I'm pretty darn good at it if I do say so myself. I spend a heck of a lot of time figuring it out. Like what are the things that make the things happen so that I can do all these things at once. That's part of my live show, by the way, which at some point you may even get a chance to see. I'll be putting out videos sooner or later. But I'm in no rush, to be honest. So um so there's that. Alright, so I hope that that opens up some things for you maybe gives you some insights into your own multitasking activities of course be safe 
don't you know don't do dumb things like use sharp objects or fire or drive at the same time and then be like oh Winston said multitasking is okay and I, I can do it no be sensible please for the love of all things good and multitasking okay just give multitasking a good name friends how about that how about that all right thanks so much you guys have been awesome you've been awesome until next time my friend be flowing Well, thanks for listening, friend. By the way, do you have a story that you would like to share with other flowers? Maybe you'd like to put it in a book. Well, go to findyourflow.com forward slash author club and learn how you can publish your own book or become a published author in the Find Your Flow book series. Simply go to findyourflow.com forward slash author club, all one word, and be sure to join the free Facebook group while you're at it. Thanks, friend. And until next time, be flowing.